everybody. Sweet. Before we get started, I, I have an announcement to make. If you didn't get the email this week, hold on. So it has come to our attention that some people aren't getting notified when we post things to Realm. So if you didn't get this email this week about uh, our new family pastor, um, would you be so kind as to write on your card? Joyce, do you have yours? We just flashed. Thank you. Just write it on here. Hey, I'm not getting emails. Um, and that way we can get it fixed and remedied and all that good stuff, right? But before we go any further, I'm going to have Josh and Ashley come up uh, here real quick. If you didn't get the email, it, um, or if you did, we have a new family pastor that uh, we brought on. They start tomorrow. And if our elders are in here, I'm going to have you all come up too. Um, I think they're all out goofing off in the hallway except our strong one, Dale. Thank you. Um, so I'm excited. So Josh was a seventh grade student in my, uh, that's true, my first, first or second year as a, as a student pastor. And he, he didn't want to go on a mission trip with us to Camden, Alabama to partner with my brother's church because he was, he was scared. There you go. And so if, that's true. So the cool thing about this is there started a special relationship between Josh and I, so much so that when he got in the van, he got in the van with not the small bottles of water, but the large bottles of water, four of them. Nashville hits traffic, and two of those bottles are gone. And Josh goes, I got to go to the restroom. And I said, we're in traffic. I said, you have those bottles. <laughs> and because I'm the loving pastor that I am, he goes to the restroom in the back of the van. As guys and girls' van separate, just so you know. I started hitting the brake a lot. <laughs> because I love you. I am so excited. Uh, when, when, I did do that. We, we got in a wrestling match in the van and they broke. Anyway, um, I wasn't driving, but I, I'm excited. I'm excited because um, when, when the opportunity arose for uh, us to transition and all of this, and we we're grateful for Chris and Betsy and all that they did and where they got us, um, Josh and Ashley, uh, we were talking and, and all this, and, and they stepped up, and Josh goes, Chad, what are, I don't know if you all know this. Josh has been here since January, the second week in January after we launched. I've and, been here the first week, but I but you decide to wreck a car. And Josh's whole mentality has been this, and Ashley is the same thing. Whatever you need, to, whatever you need, Chad, let me know. Whatever you need done, let me know. And that's been his heart. And so when this opportunity came, the one thing I asked him to do was make our, our family ministry amazing. Whatever you do, just make it exciting. Make it a place where kids want to come and they want to be excited, and so they've stepped up and, and done that, and so we're excited uh, for this uh, new challenge, this new chapter, and so I'm going to ask as a church family that y'all pray with them. Uh, they're going to come at it like a lot of us on staff. Uh, our spouses are our teammates, and we do this as a team, um, and so I'm excited about that as well, and so we're going to pray over these guys, and we ask that y'all pray with us, so um, let's pray. Father God, we love you and we thank you for today and we thank you for an amazing couple that you've blessed, amazing family that you've blessed our church with. And Lord, I pray, Father, as you um, 
allow us to walk into this new season, allow us to walk into this new chapter at Light Point Church. Father, that you uh, would strengthen both Josh and Ashley, Lord, and that you would uh, give them your favor and that you would give them wisdom and that you, Lord, would pour out strength and everything that they need, Lord, to lead out um, with our, our families. Lord, we thank you, Father, for the blessing they are, for their hearts to serve, for their hearts, for you above all else, Lord. And we just pray as they start this, Lord, that you would continue to strengthen, you continue to bring everything they need, um, Lord, to, to bring glory to you. And, Father, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. We love you guys. Thank you. So we're in, in Ephesians 2, so you can go there. So, so have you ever noticed that a lot of times there's this, this need in each of us to belong to something? There's a, a need in each of us that God has put in our hearts that we belong to something, to, to, to whether it be a group or whether it be to uh, an organization or whatever that is, but there's this deep down need to belong. And, and I realized this to come true this week when I left my phone at my life group on Monday night, that there is a strong need, so much so that people are willing to do this kind of stuff. Let's skip that one. There's a thumbprint for this. Keep going. They're willing to, we need to cut the lights. Thank you, Bill. They're willing to make goofy faces on my phone to let me know how much they love me. And, and so there's, and see, there's so much of a need to belong to a group, you can, you can go on, that, that people are willing to share their deepest, darkest secrets about their life, things that are normally covered up. And so I love my group. And you know the saying about what stays in your group stays in your group? I totally broke that rule because they used my phone to do this. I love you guys, y'all are amazing, but it'll make you think about messing with my phone. There's some videos, there's some videos that are going to post later to our social media that I'm going to share with you guys that are, you, you just got to get on there and, and watch them and be encouraged by them. Amazing videos. Guys, we, one thing we believe in here is relationships, and we believe that as a church that our number one thing in life is we, we're meant to belong not only to our Father in heaven, but we're meant to belong to our church family. And we have, in, in, our, in, our, in our church at Light Point, we have multiple groups that meet week in and week out. And, and, and so and even some have taken a break through the summer. Some have chosen to keep meeting. But amazing people that get together week in and week out to encourage one another to have fun, to dive into Scripture, to see what God's to see what God's challenging them to, to share some things going on in life, to be real with one another. And so, if you're not part of a group, I'm going to encourage you to fill out one of those cards and say, "I want to be a part of a group." If you are offended by that toenail, I'm sorry. Um, you, maybe we can do some type of therapy later to get that image out of your head. Um, but no, it, that's a huge part of our church. And the way to get connected and the way to belong is we, we, to get, get a part of that group and to be connected in that way. Um, and so today we're looking at this passage in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to look at the second part, part of that chapter. And so you can put a, a finger on, on verse 11 because that's where we'll start. Last week we covered, uh, we talked about God's grace. 
and how because of God's grace, uh, we, we receive forgiveness and, and we receive uh, acceptance into his kingdom. And it's not because of anything that we do or anything that we have done. It's because of who Jesus is and what he did. And that because of what he did and because of the grace that was shown to us, he did that for a reason, and the reason was that we would have a relationship with the Father, but also so that it would be a reason to carry out the works that he had, been, he had prepared beforehand before we ever existed, so there was something he has called us to do. And so sometimes we get it mixed up and we try to do the works to receive the grace, and God says, no, I want you to receive my grace so that you're ready for what I have for you. And so we looked at that last week. Today, we're looking at this piece of belonging, of belonging to Jesus and God's plan of, of what that looks like. And so Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11, it reads this. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who's made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two. So making peace. And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to one spirit to the Father. Verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and, and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Lord, we, we give you praise that you're a God that wants us in relationship. We give you praise that you're a God that has a plan for us to belong to you, Lord. You had this plan from the, the very beginning to that we would have a relationship, that we would belong, that we would be united with you, that we would, we would, uh, there would be no division, there would be no separation, but that there would be access to a God that loves us, a Father that loves us. And so, Lord, as we dive into this passage, as we open up your word and continue to, to hear from it, I pray, Father, Lord, that this, this need to belong um, would be directed in the right way, that our need to belong, that that, that, that root that you've put in our hearts, in our, that, that we need to belong to something, would be placed in the right place in, in design, in, in your design, your plan for our lives, and that place would be with you and with your body. And so, Father, as we, we open this up, may you speak to us. And, Lord, as a result, as you speak to us, may we walk out our faith, may we walk out what you've called us to, and may we do it with without regard uh, to fear, without regard to things that keep us. But, Lord, may we do it in faith, knowing, Lord, that you're going to meet us each step of the way. We love you and praise you, and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so God's plan and belonging, it starts with this, is that God, one, God wants to reveal our separation from us. 
God, God is going to show us how we're separated from him or there is a separation piece, that there is a distinct separation between those that um, don't belong and those that belong. And, and we talked about the first step in that belonging or the actual step in the belonging has to do with, with his grace. And we get to this, this place where Paul comes back to this in verse 11. It says, therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision." Now, here's, here's the thing about this circumcision, uncircumcision piece, is that circumcision was an outward sign of a covenant relationship with God. It was done by, it was, it was started by God that says, listen, this is an outward sign that you belong to me, and so that we're going to have, uh, we're going to start off with this piece to show that you're co- in a covenant relationship with us. And so it was done by man, it was done uh, to man in the sense of showing outwardly, I have a relationship, a covenant relationship with God. And so there was the cut, there was the circumcision, those that had been circumcised, the Jews, his children, and then there's the uncircumcision, uh, the uncircumcised, those that are Gentiles that do not belong. And so there's two distinct groups. And what happens is this. The ones that belong to God, they wouldn't accept the uncircumcised. They said, you're unclean, you're not pure, you don't belong to us. And what's interesting is even today's age, we have this idea that says, listen, there are those that are accepted and those that are not. We live in a world where people are afraid to walk through a church door or walk into a church because they feel like, one, that they won't be accepted or there's not a place for them to belong, that they have to change everything about themselves in order to belong. And so here's my prayer that people start understanding about Light Point Church. It is a place where you can belong whether, you're, whether you got it all together or you don't. And the beautiful part about this is, is this, is that we don't have to have it all together. We don't have to have it all together. All we have to do is be willing to walk out the faith that God's put in our lives and the journey that he has. And as we walk that out, guess what? God starts changing our hearts. And he starts, he starts molding us into what he wants us to be. And so there's this piece right here when we start off. Therefore, remember that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. And he's, he points to this idea that that one time you were not accepted, you were rejected by certain individuals who had an outward sign of belonging to God. And I wonder in some ways, do we treat people this way? Like, do we encounter people in such a way that says, I don't know if you have it all together enough to, to belong here. I don't know if you have everything you need to have together in order to be a part of what we're doing. And if that's our mentality, we've got to stop. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to walk out what God's called us to do. We're here to be a light in a dark and hurting world so that people can see Jesus, so that people can meet Jesus, so that people can come into a loving relationship with a God that loves them more than anything and sent his son for them. And so he goes back and he keeps saying this. He says, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. And there was a time when all of us had a separation from Christ. And maybe you accepted Christ at a young age or in your teens or in your adulthood, wherever it is. But remember at one point there was a time when you were separated from Christ where you didn't belong to him. We all had those points. 
We all had these times where we didn't necessarily belong to him, and there had to be some type of, of recognition of receiving God's grace into our lives. And so Paul goes back to this, is this, is God wants us in his plan to remember that we were all separated at some time. And goes on to say this, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Now, I want, us to see, I want us to understand this. There's four things right here that that points out is this. At one time, we had no belonging. At one time, we had no promise. At one time, we had no hope. At one time, we had no God. And because of what Jesus did, guess what? We now belong. We now have a promise for our lives. We now have hope. And we now belong to a God who loves us more than anything. And that's because of what Jesus did. It goes on and it says this. When we, it, in Colossians 1, 21. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. Pointing to this point that we were all at this point where we were alienated, hostile in mind. And we were all doing things that were not right. And so scripture reminds us of this point, that there was one time when we were like this. And so when we are quick to remember or point out everyone else's faults, and we're quick to point out to what everyone else has done, that at one time we were there too. There's a, um, another passage I want to read to you real quick. Colossians 2.11, it reads this. For in him all, then we're starting nine. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him you have been made complete. He is the head over all and, and over all rule and authority. And in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. And the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. See, God, Christ himself is the one that is the, the outward show of what he does in our hearts, that we have a relationship, a covenant relationship with God. It's because of what he did. And so we can point to that. The second thing, and the next thing in this, is that God reminds us in the belonging in his plan is this. In verses 13 to 15, he goes to this. He says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, Pointing again, Paul's pointing again to the fact that one time we were fall off, far off. We all had that separation. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. He restored that relationship. He brought us near to him. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. One of the things that's interesting in, that I, I'm starting to take notice of is the walls that people build up. There's walls that people build up with those around us. There's walls that happen in relationships. There's walls that happen in our society. If you look at what's going on in our, in our society, the, the walls that are going up are so interesting to me, it's amazing. And it's this, ready? If you don't believe or if you don't support what I support, then I'm going to put a brick in front of us. 
If you don't, if you don't buy into my truth, if you don't buy into what I want, and you're supposed to accept me, but I don't have to accept you, I'm just going to put a brick up. And we have this need, and this is what's going on in, this, in our world today, is there's such a need to belong to something that we are going to such extremes to belong to a political party that we think brings us hope. And so they'll go to the extremes of it, and they'll hold on to this political party as the hope that, that'll solve all their problems. And you guys know as well as I know that that's not where real hope stands. But yet this need to belong, people are doing this, and every time someone gets offended, what do they do? They put another wall up, a brick up, a brick up. And next thing you know, there's such a divide, and it happens in a church. It happens in a church all the time. Somebody gets offended by something the pastor does or by a toenail shown on the screen. And so they put, a, they put a brick up. Somebody doesn't like something that's said, so you put a brick up. You don't like something that's done or decision made, put a brick up. And it's all of a sudden there's this divide. Somebody walks through the door that needs to be loved. That Someone walks in the door that is hurting, that, that, needs, to, that needs help. And so we miss it. A brick goes up. And before you know it, there's this hostility wall that stands between each other. And as I was reminded by Dale this morning, is that is why we have a social covenant that exists. That is why we ask people who come to Light Point Church and who say, this is my church home, to sign the social covenant. Why? Because we take, we take unity very seriously, and we take belonging very seriously, and we take relationship very seriously. So that's the, that this idea of this divide that can happen between us, we're going to break down brick by brick those things that come up. And he goes on and he says this, For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one. Look, there's no divide. There's no separation. And he, right here he's talking about Jews and, and, and Gentiles. And he says, listen, this divide that you've created, this divide that exists, I no longer want it. I no longer want this disunity. I no longer want you to say, well, we belong and you don't. I no longer want someone to define whether somebody can come to Jesus or not or someone that can come to a relationship. I'm done with that. And he himself came, and he says this, and both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances. This law of commandments, obviously, is the commandments given to the Jews, the Israelites, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. He got rid of this wall, tore it down. And he said, listen, these people claim that if I follow the law that I'll be in right relationship with God. These over here are like, I don't know what to do because I'm being rejected. And Jesus came and said, well, there's no divide. We're done with this. I came in love and my grace covers it all. I came because I want people to have a relationship with my father and because of what I did, this wall's done and you can have a relationship. So the much so that there, someone cannot say, you don't belong. Go away. Jesus didn't want it. Romans 10, 12 to 13 reads this. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all. Bestowing his riches on all who call on him. 
For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be, does it say the select few? Does it say only a couple? What's it say? Everyone. I'm a firm believer that when it says everyone, he means everyone. Like when scripture says everyone, like there's an opportunity for all of us to respond to that. There's an opportunity for all of us to call on his name. There's an opportunity for everyone we meet, every encounter that we have for that individual to call on the name of the Lord to be saved. See, and and Paul, even in Romans, and when Paul writes about this, he's like, listen, this distinction, this divide that exists, it no longer needs to exist. It no longer needs to be there. I've gotten rid of it so that everyone can call on my name. See, in God's plan for belonging to him and to his body, God removed the divide. In verses 16 to 18, it says this. It goes on and it goes, and, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Now this, this word reconcile. This word reconcile, it's, 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 it's to bring back to a formal, former state of harmony. And as I look in this and I, I think about this, I, I, it was interesting. I got drawn back to creation. Do you realize that there was harmony in the garden? The way God designed it was that he would walk with man. That he would be in relationship with man. His ultimate plan, his, his initial plan was that he could come and he could, he could just sit there and walk and talk with man. And that there was, no, there was no hostility, there was no divide, it was just this relationship. That was his original plan, that's what he did, that's what he wanted. And in this piece, when man decided to sin, when man decided to make themselves God and to make own choices, to make their choices and reject what God said in disobedience, there became a divide. There became a separation. There became disharmony. And in this passage, we, we get to see that this peace that, that Jesus brings and this, this peace that he wants, it says it might reconcile us both to God and one body through the Christ. It says to bring back to a former state of harmony. To take it back to the very thing that God created. The very relationship that God created. Now I want you to grasp this. In the beginning... It says that God would go and meet with them and walk in the garden. That they would talk to one another. That, that man would talk to God and God would talk to man and they would hear one another. They would listen to one another. They would spend time with each other. There was harmony in the garden. Because of what Jesus did, we can have that harmony. You guys can go home today and you can spend time talking to the Father. You guys could go home today and you could go on a walk 
and you can have a conversation. If you do it out loud, neighbors may think something's wrong with you, but that's okay. Put earplugs in, and then you can think they think you're singing along. But have a conversation with them. Walk with him. Listen to what he's saying as, you, as he listens to what you're saying. That's the piece of this belonging that he wants you to grasp, is that from the very beginning I have a plan that you would belong to me. And guess what? My son is restoring that plan. My son has restored it. And so whether if you're sitting here today and you're like, you know what, Chad, this whole piece I'm not really sure about, I, I don't quite grasp this whole listening to God, and, and I don't quite understand how I'm supposed to listen, and I don't quite grasp what this all looks like, and I, I pray, but I don't think anything happens, and, and all that, and we get caught up in all this stuff. And one of my favorite things to do in the morning when I'm doing my quiet time is the kids come out, the boys usually, because they're the ones up early. They come out and they catch me. And I'm in there and I'm reading my Bible and, and I'm sitting there and, I, and I, I'm engaging with Scripture. And I remember Ch little Chad who just gave his life to Christ a few months ago and, and took a step of bath to, uh, faith and baptism. He goes, Chad, or he goes, Dad, how do I hear God? Like, how do I hear from God? Like, you, you sit here in the morning and you read the Bible and you pray to him, but how do I hear, how do I know it's him talking? I'm like, holy cow, right, I wasn't ready for this. And so here's what dad does. I said, open up the, I open up my Bible and I show him. I show him in my study Bible at home that sits on our, our, our end table. And I said, this is how, this is what dad does to listen to God but one of the first things I do is open up his word and I start reading it I don't jump around I read through a book together I don't go from one thing and just kind of do I don't do this where do you want me to hear today God okay so you want me to read from Proverbs 19:22? I don't I don't do that I did that once and I ended up in the Marine Corps it was <laughs> It was, it, was, it was quite interesting. Um, I'll share that story later. But, but I don't do that. So I read there and I said, and here's what dad does. I engage, with, I engage with scripture. I show him. We read a passage together and I told him how as I read this passage and I'll circle a word and I'll ask a question. Like right now I'm in, I'm in Jeremiah of all places. And one of the things that it talks about is this idea that when our hearts turn away from God and how much he wants his, his children to turn towards him. So right now, the questions that go through my mind and how he's speaking to me is he says this. I remember like this morning, he goes, Chad, is your heart turned towards me? Are you listening to what I have to say to you? Are you engaging with what, what, what I have for you? Where's your heart at at this moment? So I talked to Chad about these things. And I said, this is how he speaks. I said, other things too. We were driving in a car the other day and, and um, yeah. As I drive around, I'm always praying about something. And one of the things I was driving down towards corner, just praying, God, where do, you, where do you have a place for us maybe to lease or a place for this? And, and so I look at Chad, and, and, I, and I, I point to this area. I said, Chad, what would you think if we leased a space right here? And he kind of looked at me. He goes, what are you talking about? I said, well, for the church. And I said, see, Daddy, when Daddy drives around, he's listening to God if there's maybe a place somewhere he wants us to land. 
and I don't know what that looks like, and I don't know all this stuff, but I just, I'm open to this, and I'm listening, and he draws my attention to something, and it may be just an idea, or maybe that, but God, God draws my attention to stuff, and I'll, I'll talk it out loud. And so I'm trying to teach my son what it means to listen to God, what it means to engage with him. And sometimes it's myself making up an own idea that I think is great, that he reminds me later on that, Chad, that wasn't such a good idea. But these are, these are ways that, God, that I listen, that I engage, that his plan of belonging. And so when we talk about walking in the garden, we talk about the harmony that happens. It's in this piece where I get to pray to him, and in, my, in prayer I get to listen. And I get to engage with his word. See, prayer is not all about me just using up words. Sometimes it means I, sh- I close my mouth and just listen. And here's what I've learned, that if what he speaks to me matches up with what he's written to me, then maybe he's got me on the right path. If what he speaks to me matches up with what he's written to me, and it's in line with what he's called me to do, maybe I'm listening to the right voice. And these are ways of of listening, and this is the harmony that he wants to reconcile, this relationship with him. It goes on, it says this in 17, And he came and preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. Notice that he didn't preach a different, but he preached the same peace, the same idea of coming to him, the same peace. For through him, through Jesus, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Access, the relationship with God whereby we are acceptable to him. And have assurance that he is favorably disposed towards him. That we are favorably disposed towards him. See, this access piece, this relationship, this is what it is all about. That he gave us access to him because of what he did. In Romans 5, 1 to 2, it reads this. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. How many of you guys struggle with walking your faith journey out? You don't have to raise your hand. We struggle in this, we struggle a lot of times on our faith journey. We struggle with what God has in store for us. We get caught up in where we're at right now rather than what God has for us. We get lost in in what he wants for our lives because we're caught and we're stuck in the very place that we are. See, the thing is, is if if I don't start with the first things first, which is my relationship with him, and if I don't realize that the idea of being reconciled with him is that the harmony is restored between us, and because that harmony is restored between us, I can have a re- access to him and talking to him, and I can receive what he has for me. That, that this peace, there's this faith thing that, that doesn't happen unless that comes first. I can't walk out my faith unless I'm reconciled to him. I can't walk out my faith unless my relationship with him is right. Because here's what's going to happen. I'll take my first step on that faith journey, and I'll get scared, and I'll do what? 
I'll give up. But yet he's called me to do something else. He called me just to trust him. To put my trust in him. Not in myself, not in anybody else, but my trust in him. Which means when I can't see where that next step is, I just start taking it and then he meets me. And in this faith journey, I see him show up in so many different ways that, that, it, that it's, it's amazing to me. That there was ever a time where I, I, I didn't walk out that because what he's doing in my life is so awesome and so amazing that I, I hate the fact that it took me so long to start walking in faith. That it took me so long in my journey to actually start stepping out in faith and trusting him. Because my faith was put in too many other people and too many other things and organizations looking for them to walk out their faith so that I can follow. Rather than walking out my faith in the way he wants me to and allowing him to do what he's called me to do in my life. And it's because, I have, because of that, that I have, because of the access that I have to him. Since through him we have also obtained access by faith. And so this is what it looks like in, in life. I have access to the Father, but it takes faith. So as I walk my faith journey, as I walk my life out, by faith I go to him and I pray for those things I need. By faith I ask him, or by faith I put my trust in him. By faith I spend time with him. By faith I, 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 my love and devotion goes to him because I know he's there and he meets me. Because of my faith, I don't worry about all this other stuff. I don't allow anxiety and anxiousness to control my life. Because of faith, I know he's there. By faith, I have access to him, and so I go to him, not knowing what he's going to do, not knowing how he's going to answer, not knowing how he's going to show up, just believing that he will. And that's faith. See, we live in a world today where I got to know all the whys and the hows. I asked my kids to clean up their toys the other day, and he goes, why? Because I told you why, for clean up toys. How did you know? She said, that's just going to look like that tomorrow. We do the same thing to God the very same thing to God. He tells us to do something. He asks us to do something. He commands us to do something. He tells us to step out in faith. He tells us to take a step of faith. And our first question is, why? Or better yet, my, how's that going to work, God? How? Because I'm not seeing it. And that's where we get stuck. But my faith in him is not dependent on what I can see. It's depending on the God that loves me and I can trust. And so I take steps of faith. And belonging to him, this, the, and belonging to him God includes us in his plan. In verses uh, 19 to 22, it says this. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Now I want you to understand this. 
I was in a train, I was in a group this week, and we were teaching this group how to make friends. Group of adults, how to make friends. There's certain things that people just haven't grasped well over the years. And it's okay. People struggle. So we're teaching how to make friends. And one of the things that we talk about is this. I'm going to give you a little, a little piece. If you have a hard time making friends, I'm not judging you. So when you walk up to a group of people, look for the friendly one and stand next to them. Don't walk up to the one that has a, a, a mean look on their face or a grumpy look on their face. Look for the one that's smiling. And walk up next to them and introduce yourself. Better yet, if you're in it, say, hey, can I get y'all anything to drink? Does anybody need anything? So there's certain ways to go about doing things that people need to learn how to do. It is very interesting to me that there are certain things that people are, and, and in this class, and you're like, Chad, why would you teach this? Because there are people that don't understand this. There's a need for them to belong. They just don't know how to do it. There's a need for us to belong. Sometimes we just don't know how to do it. So here's what happens. If I live over here not knowing how to make friends, guess what I am to people? A stranger. I'm an alien. I'm one that doesn't belong. And being over here is a miserable place. It is defeating. It is not a place you want to be. And so sometimes we have to walk out this faith. And here's what Jesus said, or Paul said in this passage. You are no longer strangers. You're no longer outside the group. You're not over here. You're over here with the group. Whether he's mean mugging you or not. You're with this group. You belong here. You're no longer there, so don't act like you're there anymore. Live like you're here, like you belong. He goes, he says this. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You belong to this household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. I learned this very interesting thing this week, that there's two definitions to this cornerstone. One, the cornerstone, which a lot of us understand is this, is that place where the, everything in the, the building is built off. They lay this cornerstone as the foundation of the building. We all, we've all heard this, right? Did you also know that another meaning for this cornerstone is once the wall is built and they build it to a point that another way they do it is up the top. And it holds the building together. I thought this was very interesting, that in this passage, and, and theologians can, can debate it all they want, I don't really care, but it showed a great picture for me. If Jesus Christ himself is the cornerstone, the cornerstone can mean the foundation which, which it's built and, and the, and for, for, for our faith and our lives. If he's the foundation that's everything, the cornerstone piece that everything else is built upon, that he's also the piece on top that holds us together. There's no difference. Like, 
that's, that's who our God is. And that's the peace that I love. That he's not only the one, that, the, the cornerstone that everything else gets built on, but he's also the one that holds us together. And we miss that sometimes. We miss it sometimes. See, we are included in his plan in this, and in him, the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. See, in God's plan, we're to belong to him. In God's plan, we are to belong in relationship to him, but we're also to belong in relationship to one another. He, he reconciled to us, uh, reconciled us to him so that harmony would be restored, but so that something beautiful would be built. The place that he dwells. And the place that he dwells in the spirit is our hearts and our lives. And because of who he is and what he did, we belong to him, but we're a dwelling place for him. And it is to be beautiful. And also in him, because we belong in 2 Corinthians, he points to this. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 18, it reads this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled, brought back into harmony, us to himself and gave us the ministry of because he has a plan. He has a plan for our lives to have more. To have more than what we have today. This plan of belonging in him and to him and to one another is, is, is the, the thing that people get to see. See, when they see a group of that, 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 that buys into this belonging and that lives in this belonging and that, that allows this beautiful temple to be built where Christ himself dwells, where the Holy Spirit dwells, then the people that we run into get to see it. The people that come into the door get to see it. And he is glorified. And harmony is restored between us and him and us and each other. And that's his plan. That's a part of his plan and what he has for us. Let's pray. Father God, we love you and thank you. We thank you for your word. That in you we have more. That in you we have more than we could ever imagine and, and, and dream of.